So, we've been dealing with growing into maturity. And today, I'm going to share on the five stages of spiritual maturity. A lot of Christians, after being born again, see the born again experience as a means to heaven. So, it's almost like you get born again and then you're waiting for the rapture. So between the time you're born again and the time Jesus comes, it's almost a fallow period. Nothing happens. This concept has rendered a lot of Christians irrelevant in the earth realm because the purpose of our salvation is not known by many. And many churches and pastors have not taken their time to teach on why you are born again. Now, you are not born again to go to heaven. Though your born again stature or status would take you to heaven. But that's not why you are born again. One great man said, unless the purpose of a thing is known, abuse is inevitable. So there are a lot of Christians who don't know why they are born again. They don't know why they are born again. And that's why I'm here to help us understand that it is not just about making it to heaven. If the reason why you became born again is to go to heaven, the day you became born again, God would have taken you out of the earth. So ask yourself, why are you still here? There is more to this born again experience than heaven. When you become born again, God has a certain expectation of you. That is what the Christian must focus on. The child of God must have an objective for living. And this objective must coincide with the objective of Why did God make you born again? It is for the purpose of growing into maturity. So that you can become like him so that you can reflect his image and glory in earth realm this is why you became born again you became born again so that while you are born you will move from the stage of being born into a stage in the spirit called the stage of maturity and in that stage god can pour himself into you so that you can represent god in his full capacity in the earth realm so that others may know that there is a god this is the key objective of your salvation that's why you are still here that's why jesus has still not come didn't you read in the bible that jesus said occupy till i come to occupy means to engage the world till he comes so the business of a christian is not to ask god when are you coming the business of the christian is to manifest god in the earth realm in the book of genesis god gave man a mandate the mandate of man is called the dominion mandate the bible said god bless man and god said have dominion over the earth have dominion over the earth this is the primary responsibility of the believer now man lost this mandate when the enemy came into the life of man and deceived man so the purpose of the coming of jesus christ is to die 
so that by faith in him we will be restored to the original dominion mandate that God gave man in Christ Jesus we attain the dominion mandate that God gave Adam so the born again experience is a whole adventure and many people don't live this life many people just are born and they wait to check out of life that's not what God asked us to do now I'm to share with you the five stages of our spiritual maturity and the spiritual maturity is like the physical maturity many people do not know where they stand but as I go through this you're going to know which level of maturity you find yourself and it's also going to be an indication of what you can access and what you can receive and what you can walk in so far as God is concerned Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 pastor read it for us chapter 4 verse 1 I mean that the heir as long as he is a child is no different from a slave hold it he says the heir as long as he's a child is no different from a slave I want you to pay attention to this we have a heritage in Christ we have an inheritance given to us from God but the Bible says that the heir I explained the other time that an heir is a person that is legally entitled to the property of another person so we are talking about legalities and being born again you become an heir that's one of the privileges of being born again any person who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior has become an heir to the inheritance of God through Christ Jesus it means that God as a father has a certain kind of property in, in this property is what we call blessings, favor, upliftment. All these things, they become yours when you become born again. But why is it that a lot of Christians are not walking in the blessings of God? It is because of the diverse stages of maturity in the spirit. So Paul is explaining this in Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Pay attention. He says, the air. He's talking about the born-again believer. He's an heir. He's legally positioned to receive the inheritance that God has positioned for his children. However, the Bible says, as long as he is a child. As long as he is a child. So it means that your access into the promises of God is not dependent on God because God has made all provision available to his children so he says the heir as long as he is a child as long as he remains a child so being able to access the blessings of God is dependent on you is dependent on the level of your maturity in the spirit he says as long as he is a child he's talking about child in the physical he's talking about child in the spirit it's not different from a slave though he is the owner of everything so the bible says by being born again you are legally positioned to receive every inheritance that god has promised his children however 
if you remain a child there is no difference between you and a slave this is a difficult thing about being a child in the kingdom of God he says there's no difference so it means that if you are born again and you fail to mature in the realm of the spirit and in the kingdom of God you are seen as a slave and no one gives an inheritance to a slave it means that there's a technology in God that only matured people can handle the promises of God so the promises of God will not necessarily be received on the strength of many prayers if you have a child let's say you have a child that is five years old and the child is an heir in your will you have put in your will that maybe when you when you die your car belongs to your child or maybe when you die your house belongs to your child if your child is five they cannot still receive this promise until they have come of age and I was explaining the other time that coming of age means having attained maturity because it is in maturity that we can handle responsibility so though the thing the property is for the five-year-old he will not have access to it only because he's not matured enough now someone will say that what if i pray prayer will not necessarily give you access to the promises of god that's why not every prayer is answered because there's a wisdom in god whenever you ask god for anything there's a way god will evaluate and assess you your weight in the spirit your maturity in the spirit before he releases what you have asked for so not every denial is the work of the devil there's a system in god so much that if you refuse to grow you will not have access to the blessings of god this is why a lot of people are still stuck now if you decide to remain a babe and say that well i can pray because some people prayed and they received the promises of god it will still not work you can pray as long as you want you will still not have access to the inheritance of god and this is how i explain it if you have a five-year-old and the five-year-old cries very loud it does not move you to hand over your car keys though you may be moved with compassion you will still not hand over the inheritance so that's how prayer is in the mouth of a babe in the realm of the spirit god looks out for maturity because it is in only maturity that god can have full expression in man do you realize that no matter how much of your offspring you bring into the world unless they grow they cannot look like you when a baby is born the baby i mean people struggle to know who the baby looks like but when the baby is fully grown it's so easy to tell this one looks like the father this one looks like the mother that's what god is looking for he says we are the light of the world so god is looking for people who can represent him this is the heartbeat of god so when we fail to mature 
we deny God an opportunity to be known in the earth realm. That's why the Bible says creation is endlessly waiting for the manifestations in the say children. So, so far as you remain a child, you are not of relevance in the kingdom of God. That's why God is bringing us up to the place of maturity. Now, take me to Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. And now, that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. So look at this. The Bible says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. So, belonging to Christ means being born again. So, the born again experience also shifts you into a certain inheritance. It shifts you into a certain lineage. And that lineage is already determined. Abraham has become the father of our faith. Now, when you become born again, Abraham becomes your father. He becomes the reference point of your blessing. So, Paul is saying, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. So, automatically, Abraham becomes your father by virtue of your born-again experience. Continue. You are his heirs. Look at this. It means you become legally positioned to receive everything that Abraham received. That's what it means to be born again. So, there is a purpose for being born again in the earth realm. I'll tell you what the rapture is about and what heaven is about. There is more to be done here than there. That's why when you are ignorant, you waste the born-again experience in the earth realm. But there's so much to be done. The Bible says that you have become a child of Abraham and you are his heir. You are responsible to inherit every blessing that was pronounced over his life. Continue. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Look at that. The born-again believer, the Bible says that God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. It is yours. Say the blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. They are mine. They are mine. Say the blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. They are mine. They are mine. Say the blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. They are mine. They are mine. So I'm teaching you on the intelligence of the born again experience. Is deeper than face value. Is deeper than escaping hell. The born again experience is not an exit plan. It's a dominion plan. Jesus did not die so that you just escape hell. He died so that you reign in life. So, so that you dominate the earth realm. And you manifest the glory of God in the earth realm. Now, when we say the blessings of Abraham are mine, are yours. What does it mean? Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 3. The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. This is the first promise. This is the first blessing that God released to Abraham. And Paul is saying that everything you're about to hear is yours. So pay attention. This is what we call the blessing of Abraham. They belong to everyone that is born again. Here on earth, not in heaven. So the first blessing promise to Abraham, he says, I will make into a great nation. So by believing in Christ Jesus, 
You are an heir to this promise. You are not just an individual. You are a great nation. What's the second blessing? And I will bless you. He says, I will bless you. The word bless is to be empowered for success. Now, look at this. He says, you are an heir to this blessing, to this promise. So, every child of God, every born again believer is blessed. Is an heir to the blessing. You are a success. Failure is not part of your born again experience. The born again person cannot fail. He says, I will bless you. What's the next one? I will make your name great. He says, I will make your name great. He's talking about reputation. There's a way that God will raise you up. Listen, to emerge and become influential has nothing to do with the art in the natural. It has everything to do with the spiritual. God can expose you. God can market you. God can make you known in the world. He says, I will make your name great. You'll be known in your country. You'll be known overseas. You'll be known by president. Your works will go abroad. They will go far. This is part of the plan of God for you. What's the next blessing? And you will be a blessing. He says you will be a blessing. What it means is that you will be a solution to people's problems. When people need money, you will be able to supply to them. When people are lost, you will be able to show them the way. You will become a reference point. When people see you, they say, here cometh the blessed one. You will not lack any good thing. This is what God has promised you as a child of God. What's the next one? I will bless those who bless you. Look at this. You come in contact with people and they show you goodness. Anytime they bless you, they will be blessed. Anytime they do you good, they will see goodness in their life. That's the heritage of them. What's the next one? And whoever curses you, I will curse. Whoever throws curses at you, they will be cursed themselves. You can't retain the curses of men. What's the next blessing? And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It means that your blessing is transgenerational. Now, the child of God must be conscious of this. This is God's mind for you. Wow. Many people are not conscious of this. So they live their Christian life as though we came to beg, as though we are paupers, as though we are miserable people, as though we don't have a hope. That's not who we are. The Bible says that we are the heir of Abraham's blessing. So the big question is this. Why is it that many Christians are not manifesting this? It is because the Bible says you are an heir. And heir means being legally entitled. So it means that you have access but you don't have ownership yet. This is what Paul is explaining in Galatians chapter 4. 
that the heir, the heir to what? The heir to the blessings of Abraham. So far as he is a child, is no different from a slave. So, the blessings of Abraham are available to you. But there's a system that denies you from having it. And that system is controlled by God. Because you are not ready. So though you are blessed, you can't access the blessing. Though you are supposed to have a great name, your name is not great. Because there is a responsibility on your side. And that responsibility is you growing from childhood into maturity. When you mature, the spirit, they release the blessing of Abraham into your spirit. You don't need to pray for it. It is by virtue of maturity. It is not by virtue of prayer. You can fast all you can. You can pray all you can. But if you are not sure, God will not release the blessing of Abraham into your life. This is why a lot of Christians, they are stunted in their growth. And because there's a stagnation in their growth, they can't see the glory of God in their life. So maturity is to the advantage of the believer. That's why childishness is a disadvantage to the believer. So the Bible admonishes us to grow, to mature. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, let me go straight into the developmental stages. Now, you have to understand that the things that happen in the natural, they are not different from the things that happen in the spirit. It's only that the spiritual realm is higher than the natural realm. So, when you give birth to a child, listen to me. The child goes through eight developmental stages before they become an adult. It is like that in the realm of the spirit. So, these are the eight developmental stages in the life of a child in the natural realm. The first stage is infancy. When you are born, the moment the baby arrives, that baby is an infant. It's called the stage of infancy. The second stage is toddlerhood. The third stage is early childhood. The fourth stage is middle childhood. The fifth one is adolescence. The sixth one is early adulthood. The seventh one is middle adulthood. And the final stage in every natural growth is called late adulthood. That's why the pursuit of the believer, of the born again believer, is maturity. That should be your pursuit. Because if you fail to mature, you cannot access the blessings of Abraham. And no one can help you. So, in the realm of the spirit, our development is like in what happens in the realm of the natural. When you become born again, you are a baby. In the kingdom of God and in the realm of the spirit, you are seen as a baby. Just as in the physical, we see you as a baby. The only difference is that in the realm of the spirit, the believer goes through five developmental stages. Your maturity is in five levels as a child of God. 
Many people don't know this. Many people don't know this. If you knew this, you would have worked on your maturity. Maturity is the pathway to your greatness. That's what you should work on. Now, these are the stages of spiritual maturity. These are the stages. And this is discovered in the New Testament. The first stage of spiritual maturity is called a stage of Nepios. Now, if you followed my teachings, I use this word a lot. It's a Greek word. N-E-P-I-O-S. But in pronunciation, it's called Nepios. That word means infant. The first stage, the first day you became born again, the realm of the spirit acknowledged you as a Nepios. So, anyone that received Christ as Lord and personal Savior has become a Nepios, regardless of your physical age. Who is a Nepios? A Nepios is an infant, a little child, a minor, someone who is not of age, someone who is childish. I like this one. Someone who is untaught and unskilled. In other words, a simple-minded person. But it literally means someone who cannot speak. Hey. So in the realm of the spirit, the day you become born again, that day, you are an infant. You are untaught. You are unskilled. You are a baby. And what it means spiritually is that you cannot speak. Let me shock you. Speech is one of the high powers in the realm of the spirit. Your voice is your power in the kingdom of God. A man that has understood the power of the voice can control the element. Remember that you get born again by your voice. You pray by your voice. You communicate. You, you decree and declare by your voice. Proverbs says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So God created the universe with his word. So in the spirit you are recognized by your voice. That's why Jesus said. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That means that everyone's power is in their voice. This is something you must know. That means that in the spirit, once you can speak, articulate yourself, you have the power. When David met Goliath, regardless of all the armory that Goliath had, this is what Goliath said. He said, I curse you with the cause of the philistines because goliath understood that in spiritual warfare your authority is in your voice but a baby does not have a voice a baby cannot speak the word nepios means one that cannot speak 
in the natural a baby even when the baby is hungry he cannot say it so a baby cannot articulate his desires listen to this it means that if you remain at this level your communication will be interpreted in the heavens as baby language that's why many people go in prayer and they don't receive answers to their prayer because they are speaking baby language and the pious is someone that cannot speak that does not have the power of speech first corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 and i brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal now it doesn't matter how many years you've been born again i told you if you have not intentionally invested in growth you have not grown listen you can be a baby for 30 years in the spirit because to move from being a baby to become an adult requires an effort requires a discipline so paul was addressing a church it's all the church in corinth so the whole church look at what paul said concerning the whole church everyone in the church what did he say and i brethren he says i brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual he said i could not articulate the mind of god to you but as, as unto carnal I spoke to you as carnal people even as unto babes in Christ <laughs> so the whole church in Corinth in the realm of the spirit were babies so Paul was saying that my challenge even in preaching my challenge is that you cannot understand what I'm saying because babies struggle to understand language of adults so when adults want to communicate to babies listen they make sounds they try to come down to the level of the baby and they rather become childish in their approach read the niv the niv explains the better brothers and sisters he says brothers and sisters i could not address you as people who live by the spirit yes but as people who are still worldly you see so being a babe also means being worldly you are a christian but you are so full of the world now if you're a christian and your appetite is worldly music your appetite the things that move the world they move you alcoholism fornication orgies wild parties it does not mean that you are not a christian it means you are a babe in christ therefore the inheritance which is the blessing of abraham they cannot be hosted in your spirit so paul said when i came to you because you refused to grow i could communicate the spiritual mind of god to you this is the struggle that god has you are a child of god god is a mature spirit so when god wants to communicate to you because you are a babe you cannot hear the voice of god let me tell you something every baby that is being held by the mother no matter how loud the mother shouts adult language they will not understand it does not mean that they are not a child of their mother 
What it means is that the child is not developed enough to understand spiritual language. So ask yourself, what is it that God has been trying to communicate to you all these years that you are failing to listen? That's so serious. He said, I could not speak unto you as spiritual. Did you not read in the Bible that God is a spirit? So God speaks to us as unto spiritual. That's why you can't hear the voice of God. That's why it looks like God is far away from you. Why? Because you are not maturing to hear the voice of God. This thing happened in the life of Samuel. The Bible said God spoke to Samuel by the act of the covenant of God. Samuel was a chosen prophet of God. Do you know who you are in Christ? God may have chosen you as a prophet. God may have chosen you as an apostle. God may have chosen you as a great man to control financial spheres, to dominate the mountain of academics and education, to dominate the world of entertainment and fashion. But God needs to show you the way by which you do that. The Bible said God said, Samuel, Samuel. Even his own name, he could not hear that God was speaking to him. And anytime someone heard the voice of God, he went to a man. So babies, listen, they cannot intelligently interpret the voice of God. So they always need men. That's why the Bible says that the heir, though he is the heir, though he is an heir, so far as he is a child, he cannot access the blessings. So you always need people to teach you the mind of God. It means you are nepios. He said, I could not speak unto you as spiritual. So one sign of an appeals Christian is someone that is so much into the world. When you check their mobile phone, it's full of worldly music. It means they are a babe, they are appeals. What they have been delivered from, they easily go back to it. Someone that is so full of the lust of the flesh, controlled and governed by the flesh. He says, you are yet still worldly mere infants in Christ I pray that you move from this stage in the mighty name of Jesus read Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 to 14 we have much to say about this but this is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand in fact though by this time you ought to be teachers he says by this time some of you are supposed to be teachers some of you have been born for 10 years do you think that God sent his son Jesus Christ to die so that you become born again and remain born again? Remain a baby. How would you feel if you gave birth to a child and after 10 years, they were still in pampas? That's how God feels about some of us. So the Bible says, though by this time you ought to be teachers. Some of you by this time, you ought to be preachers. By this time, you ought to be prophet. By this time, you ought to be evangelist. By this time, you ought to own companies. By this time, you ought to have influence in certain spheres. Continue. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths about God's word all over again. Mm -hmm. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use 
have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Amen. So maturity involves training. Now read King James, Hebrews 5.11. That's the King James version of 11. Let me show you why many people are still not maturing. Because maturity is not automatic. It requires effort. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. It says the problem is that you are dull. The Greek interpretation of this is that you are lazy. It means that you can actually grow, but you are failing to put in the work. That's why you are still a babe. Remember, we, are, we were all born as babes. You have to be born as a babe, but it is an error to remain a babe. That's the mind of God. Galatians 4.3 So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. What the Bible is saying is that any believer that is still a babe is not different from a slave. So, the day you became born again, if you refuse to grow, there's no difference between you and a slave. The only, the only advantage you have is that you are no more an unbeliever, but you are a believing slave. So what's the essence of being born again? Because a slave cannot handle anything. So now you can explain why your life is the way it is. Now, let me just give you um, the characteristics of an appeals Christian. Number one, an appeals Christian is still in bondage under the elements of the world. These are the people that are easily tossed by doctrines of the world, systems of the world, um, all these forces. This can be found in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. An appeals Christian is being led by his flesh. His reactions are fleshy. His emotions control his life much more than the word of God. It means that you are a babe, you are an appeals. Number three, you are unskilled and unwise in the word of God. You are able to be easily led astray this can be found in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 to 15 and a sign that a person is an appeals is that he cannot teach another person the gospel so if you cannot share your faith with another person I'm not talking about inviting someone to church you know that a baby can invite when you leave, when you leave a baby in the room the baby can make a sound that will cause you to rush into the room. So, if you are born again and you invite people to church, it does not mean that you know more and appeals. But what makes you leave the appeal stage is your ability to teach. We call it teaching, didasco. To teach, as I am doing. To be able to have the scripture and to teach it to others. To be able to teach righteousness, salvation. It means that now you are no more in the peers. 
And to move out of being an appeals, you need to learn. It takes learning. That's why it's a discipline. There are many Christians who don't learn. They don't study the Bible. They don't have their quiet time. That's why they are so stagnant. But I pray that God will give you grace. That after this teaching, you will leave the stage of Nepios and grow into maturity in the name of Jesus. The second stage of the spiritual development of every Christian is Paidion. Paidion. P-A-I-D-I-O-N. And as you listen to me, you are in one of these stages. Paidion. Now, Paidion means a young child. A young child. It also means one that has a desire to know God. One that has become conscious of God, not only as a creator, but as a father. One that has a desire to build a relationship with God. That's the next stage. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24. Whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, one of the great signs of a Christian is that at that stage, you begin to exercise traits of rebellion. A Pidon Christian is picking back the nature of Adam. So these are people that come to church. But they struggle with instruction. They want to serve God their own way. They struggle to submit themselves to the voice of God. It means that you are a Pideon. And this is the way to bring a Pideon into alignment with the purposes of God. He says, whoever spares the rod hates their children. The word children there is Pideon. It means that when you get to the stage of Pideon, that's the stage where genuinely you are looking for God. Genuinely you want to know God. Genuinely you wake up in the morning and in your heart you really want to know God. But in that stage, rebellion is also manifesting in you. So that's the stage where you need correction. Anyone who enters a Pideon stage, and does not have people to correct them they grow to become proud and then they lose their inheritance because the bible says that god resists the proud and he gives much grace to the humble now what is the positive characteristics of the python a believer first john chapter 2 verse 13. i write unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. The word little children is the word Pidon. It says, I write you Pidon, because ye know the Father. So it is a stage in your Christian development. Huh. Where nothing matters to you but God. I remember when I was in the university. I got tired of human relationships. I had very fantastic friends. But there was this desire in my heart 
to separate myself and to look for God. This is what drove me into the Botanic Gardens in KNUSC. Every Saturday, I will separate myself and begin to pray. And my prayer is simple, God, that I may know you. Anyone in that stage is a Python believer. There's also an advantage in moving from being a babe into being a Python. When you are looking for God genuinely. Luke chapter 2 verse 14. And the child grew and this became This is about strong. Jesus. He said, and the Python grew. And became strong. And he became strong. So strength starts when you move from the pious into Python. You begin to have strength spiritually. He was filled with wisdom. Then wisdom, which is a spiritual gift, begins to flow into you. It means that the pious is unwise. And the pious believer is a foolish believer. But a Pidon believer has started receiving wisdom. So until you move from the pious into Pidon, you will not receive wisdom. That's how you meet Christians and they make very silly decisions and you ask yourself, why is this person behaving like this? It is because they are still in a pious. A Pidon has started receiving wisdom. And the grace of God was him. Something called grace begins to fill your life. It is at this stage. It means that wisdom and grace does not come to you only because you are born again, but because you have moved your desire through maturity into a Pidon stage. And let me tell you, if you don't have grace, you will constantly be disgraced. The third stage of spiritual development is called technon. T-E-K-N-O-N. Technon. A technon believer is a disciple. One that has moved from just looking for God to submitting himself under people who look like God. Is the third level. These are Christians who follow after men, who through faith and patience have attained the promise. So you can see a certain kind of Christians, they are crazy about men of God. They are crazy about men of God. They, they want to know these men. They are enchanted by men of God. So they don't only admire these men of God. The technon stage is the stage for service. Where you yield yourself to be disciple, and the pious will never yield himself to be disciple. A Pidon will never yield himself to be disciple. The disciples of Jesus, they were at the technon stage. First Timothy 1 2, quickly. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. The word my own son is the word my technon. Because you and I know that Timothy was not the biological son of Paul. Yet he said, my own son. The Greek word he used there was my technon. It means that, oh dear Timothy, who have yielded himself under my instruction and tutorship. This is a stage called the technon. Continue. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our so, Lord. So, this 
three things they are channeled from the heavenly realm into the life of technos once you avail yourself to serve other men remember the technos stage is when you have developed to a point where you understand that graces are deposited in men that when you go to god he will direct you back to men did you not read that paul on the way to damascus when paul met jesus jesus said why do you persecute me and paul said who are thou he said i'm jesus christ whom you persecute and jesus christ the bible said he shone a light that blinded paul at the time he was called saul and the bible said listen to this he said go to ananias so that's technon go under the tutorship of ananias because he jesus understands that the graces are encapsulated in men so technon believers they look for men they look for men they capture grace from men it's a level of maturity if you are a python you will say all i want is god i don't need men but if you are technon you understand that god has put the graces in men that's how technons are able to solve they yield they submit they serve they don't serve listen every christian that struggles to take instruction from men you are still at the stage of python but the moment you can shift to bring yourself under the tutorship of men you have increased in your spiritual maturity to become a technon are you learning something at all john chapter 13 verse 33 to 35 my children this is jesus speaking i'll be with you only a little longer now listen to this he's he referred to his disciples as my children the word is my technon why did he say my children huh these are people he picked from the streets some of them were older than him yet he called them my children because listen they have made themselves disciples that's what we call children by faith or children in the law those christians that value that it is a stage of so he said my children continue you will look for me and just as i told the jews so i tell you now where i am going you cannot come a new command i give you love one another as i have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another amen wow so technons they take instructions from men they yield themselves to men these are the people that people see them and say ah why are you following this man why are you why are you following technons elisha was a technon technons they move quickly in the spirit they capture anointings and graces elisha was a technon even though his master elijah said go back he said i will not go there's a stage of maturity that you look at men and you don't know them after the flesh you see them as careers of your blessing in matthew chapter 10 verse 40 to 42 it says even if you give them a glass of cold water you will never lack their reward it's a stage 
That's why not everyone is able to follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He was referring to the technon believers. Then the peers will say, oh, we don't need you. The Pidon will say, we need God. But the technon will say, I'll follow. That's why those that followed Paul, they carried a great anointing. It's a stage of maturity. But the problem with technons is that as they follow, they are being tutored. They are being nurtured. They are being groomed. So they begin to see the difference between them and the Pidons. And then the peers. Then they become proud. They begin to feel like they are better than these stages of other Christians. This is where Pidons always want to become independent. Without having gone through the full training. Once they acquire a little bit of discipleship, they want to take over. These are the people looking for platforms. They say, why can't I also preach? They say, why can't I also start my ministry? You see, it is a problem with technology. They are in a hurry to show what they carry. The little they have learned. So what keeps technology is patience. That they may keep what they know under and learn more. Because there are other stages. The fourth stage is a stage called wheels. H-U-I-O-S. And as I'm talking, you will know where you are. Wheels. H-U-I-O-S. That's the fourth stage of spiritual maturity. It's a beautiful stage. This is the stage where you can be led by the Spirit of God. Where you have gone through tutorship by men. You have gone through training by men. You have been shaped by the leadership of men to a point where you can hear the voice of God. Samuel went to Eli as a technon. And Eli began to teach some of the ways of God, the voice of God. How to hear the voice of God. How to walk in the anointing. How to get the attention of God. And then all of a sudden, someone entered the wheel stage. Where he could hear God by himself. Now when God spoke, someone could hear it himself. He had entered into a wheel stage. These people's lives are ruled by the spirit. God can instruct them. God can lead them. God can speak to them. They know the mind of God at every point in time. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. This is how you can identify a pious believer. Read it. But the fruit of the spirit is love. They demonstrate these things. Love. Joy. Joy. Peace. Peace. Forbearance. Forbearance means patience. Kindness. You know there are some Christians that are so impatient. It means they are still children. Forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness. Listen to me. If you're a Christian and you struggle to be faithful, you have not entered the realm of yours. Faithful to God and faithful to men. If you are struggling with faithfulness, loyalty, you are at a lower level of maturity. Continue. Gentleness. Gentleness. And self-control. Against such there is against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh 
with its passion and desires. Amen. So, the curious believer is the believer that can do the work of God. Is someone that, because to do the work of God, you need to hear instructions from God. So when you move from techno, from instruction, you move to heels. When you move to heels, it means that God himself can now direct you. Your spirit has become one with the spirit of God. This is what the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 8 verse 14. He says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the heels, the sons of God. <laughs> He did not say that these are the born again believers. He says these are the heels. And these are the people that do exploits. They say the Lord spoke to me. And they are not talking about the freedom of their imagination. They can hear the voice of God. At that stage, God begins to use you. I remember one day I was teaching in the church. And they brought a blind person. As I was teaching... I did not hear the voice of God. So I did not act. That's how heels they behave. They don't move until the voice of God tells them to move. They are governed not by their flesh, not by compassion, but by the voice of God. So regardless of the circumstance, it was around 1 a.m. And everyone was panicking. But I continued to teach. In the middle of my teaching, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, get up and go to the blind man. And listen to the instruction. He said, ask him a question. So when you are operating by you, listen to this. It's so beautiful because the spirit is leading you. You are submitted to the spirit. You will not act by the leadings of your flesh. Many Christians, they act by the leadings of their flesh. So they don't have enough supernatural results. So when I go to the blind man, if I wear a pydon or a techno or a nephews, I may just be moved to touch him. But the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, speak to him. And the Holy Spirit told me what to say. And I said to the young man, I said, you are a legal captive. Because you have brought this blindness upon yourself. And the blind person said, it is true. This is the stage where Jesus met the madman of Gadara. And he did not quickly, even though he hosted all the power, he did not quickly attempt to cast out the demon. But the Bible said he engaged the madman of Gadara. He said, who are you? And the madman of Gadara said, I am a legion. Then Jesus understood the realm of power that madman was hosting. Because a legion goes beyond 4,000 soldiers. Between 4,000 to 6,000 soldiers. So Jesus knew that spiritually he was dealing with an armed person of many demons. Now if you are not a heroes believer, you will look at things from face value. That's why many people die before their time. That's why many people make silly mistakes. Because they cannot hear the voice of God. That accident could have been prevented if only you could hear the voice of God. That dream you had was a clear 
intelligible communication from heaven but you don't understand so it's just manifest you are not able to pick signals and signs because you are not heels now the sons of Skiva they were what pydons or in other words they were pydons and technons because they were sons of Skiva it means by technon they were under the tutorship of Skiva but they did not understand the things of the spirit so they attempted to cast out the demon the bible said the demons charge on them this is the difference between technon and heos heos is being intelligent in the spirit understanding how the spirit works that's why a lot of carnal people do not understand the language of the spirit there was a time that they brought a blind man to jesus he was operating in heos the bible said he took man and he's he spat on the man and he rubbed it on the eyes why there was a, an intelligible communication from the spirit another time he laid his hands because the spirit communicates different things at different times as many as are led by the spirit these are the heroes the Bible said they are heroes they are sons of god by the time i finished the communication with the blind man i knew the source of blindness i knew what to do the lord told me don't lay your hands on him use your face tower put it on his eyes i'm talking about the theology of the heels it's a dimension it's a it's a maturity it's a dimension sometimes i can see someone and i can see that they are demon possessed, and i can see the demon that has possessed them and i know what to do not every issue requires the laying on of us when you lay hands on someone that carries a spirit a spirit of lust you partake in that spirit you cannot know this until you are a heos the spirit tells you this so when i did that his eyes opened but you see it does not mean that the next blind person requires to face down. That's why technons, when they do something in the spirit and it works. For example, if a technon used his face towel, clean the sweat and place on a blind person and it healed the blind person because they're a technon, what they will do is this. They will start a ministry and call it handkerchief healing revival ministry. And in every service, they will apply the handkerchief. It means that the spirit is speaking to them a new thing, but they can't hear. To be a heos is to be a master. Is to be a master in the spirit. To understand what you ought to do. When I started my ministry, as a heos, the Lord told me what to do. He sent me to an evil forest. He told me, seven Fridays, do this act. And he released and opened the ground. Without being a heos, you will not do these things. You will be devolved. That's why many Christians die. You have stories where pastors went to start a church and they die. You have stories of someone tried to pray for a demon-possessed person and they were paralyzed. Why? They did not have the maturity in their spirit.
Luke chapter 2 verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom. And stature. Now, this is what happens when you enter the level of yours. You grow in wisdom. Remember that technology receives wisdom. But the heroes grows. There's an increase in wisdom. Wisdom is a defense. It's a power. It's a force. I love what I'm sharing. So the Bible said Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus had entered the level of the heroes. At the age of 12, Jesus was operating as a technology. He went into the temple and he was being tutored. But at this time, he was a heos. Continue. And stature. You grow in stature. And in favor with God and Listen, man. stature means spiritual authority. We are not the same. Some are babes. It's not about the preaching. It's about the stature. Did you not know that Moses was a stammerer? He could not articulate his words, but in the spirit, he was a giant. He could only stretch his rod and the sea would be parted. That spirit was there. He did not speak. <laughs> Do you not hear that Jesus, he was so anointed, he acquired so much of a stature that someone touched his clothes and got his healing. He did not have to utter a word. When you attain the heroes, you grow in wisdom and in stature. When you move into territories, demons check out. One day, I decided to take a stroll. I packed my car. And I saw a woman coming 100 meters away from me. Head on, she turned and she began to move. It's called spiritual stature. There was a time that they brought a young lady to me. And the father said, we have gone to many places. And this young lady has the spirit of conversion. And they said, we've spent all our money on many spiritual people. But they forget that the realm of the spirit, they are stages. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, tell the girl to look into your eyes. And when the girl looked into my eyes, immediately she came under the power of the Holy Ghost. And she got her deliverance. What is that? That is spiritual state. Because the demons that afflict her have met a heels and they have to bow. The Bible said when Jesus entered the temple, Karo Vasata, demons began to scream. It's a level. There are many pastors, Christians, who can mingle with demons. They dine with demons. They fellowship with demons. Demons are not threatened because they are appeals. Some are technos. When the disciples the Bible said a man brought his child and the child was convulsing. They tried and tried. They could not cast out the demon. Why? The disciples were operating technology. So the demon would not go. But when Jesus came to the scene, he said out. And the demon went. And he turned to the disciples, the technology. And he said, how long shall I abide with you? Oh, ye of little faith. This is the difference. That's why you need to pray for an hour. But when I make a declaration, things align. At the level of yours, your desires can bring promises and blessings into your life. We don't ask for things. We desire them and we inherit them. It's a dimension in Christ. 
Libra do sacabasha tarabakasa. Libra do serebeko sharababasata. I feel a move of God in my spirit. Libra de sacabasha tarabalaba. Libra do serebre do sarabalabasha. Libra di sacora basida barabasha. Libra da sarabakasha. Peter entered into the level of yours. He said to the crippled man, He said, Look upon me. I've acquired a stature. The Bible says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. There's something called spiritual stature. He looked upon the cripple. He said, Look upon me. I carry a stature. He did not say, Look to Jesus. He said, Look upon me. I have moved from technology to heels. The Spirit of God is hosted in me. Anything Christ can do, I can do it. If Jesus can raise the dead, by the dimension of heels, I can raise the dead. If Jesus healed the sick, by dimension of heels, I can heal the sick. Because I carry the maturity stature of healing the sick. It's not just a desire. It's a discipline that molds you into heels. There's someone praying right now. I can connect with you in my spirit. The Lord is telling you that He's moving you into this dimension. There's an atmosphere where you are right now. You can literally feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Even as I'm teaching, your, your, your room and your vehicle is so charged. Being ushered into heels. Let's worship the Lord. Madi de You are here. You are here. You are here. You are here. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. If you will be sensitive to the Spirit, a deposit will be made in your spirit right now. You are here. Yeah, you, you are here. 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 You Hey, Someone is receiving grace right now. Someone is receiving grace right now. You are here. 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 I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's going through the screens right now. You are here. You are here. You are here. You are here. The final stage of spiritual maturity is called Telios. Telios. T-E-L-E-I-O-S. 
it means to be made perfect what the Englishman says consummate to become all that God designed you to be and it's also connected to purpose to be fully functional in your purpose it means you have attained the dimension of telios these are the men that God called friends these are the men that negotiate with God these are the men that determine the council of, of territories these are the men that go into territories and reverse the ordinances of principalities because they become perfect 